Uh, it is often said that uh, Southeastern Seminary is a dangerous place to attend, in part because we will challenge you repeatedly not to pray the prayer, Lord, should I go, but to continually pray the prayer, Lord, why should I stay? When there's so many places in the world that have no gospel witness, why should I stay in a place where the opportunities are everywhere? And I believe that's a good prayer for all of us to pray. But this is also a dangerous place in another way. Uh, because, you see, I'm quite convinced that uh, Satan, and in particular through his demons, uh, is present on this campus. And he is trying to get you distracted. He's trying to disqualify you. He's trying to deceive you in a very seductive way. You see, many times when people come to our college and our seminary, uh, their thinking goes something like this. Well, I'm there to prepare. Later, I'll get involved in ministry. I'm there to study. Later, I'll share the gospel. I'm there to get my degree. Later, I'll consider going. When the fact of the matter is, part of your educational experience here at Southeastern involves you going right now. Not waiting till you graduate, not waiting until you move on somewhere, but it is right now that God wants you to complement what I believe is a stellar education that you are receiving by going, uh, by putting into practice right now the things that you are learning. So I want to close this uh, morning's worship time and time of prayer with just a short reflection on beautiful feet go. And I get that idea from Romans chapter 10. So if you would join me there for just a few moments. Romans chapter 10, and I'm going to read from verse 12 down through verse 15. And then I'm going to focus for just a second on verses 14 and 15. Romans chapter 10, verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. David Platt, the president of our International Mission Board, has well said, every saved person this side of heaven owes the gospel to every lost person 
this side of hell. Every saved person this side of heaven owes the gospel to every lost person this side of hell. And so that naturally raises a question, does it not? How then does God get the gospel to those who are lost? And the answer is faithful men and women who have beautiful feet. We see this first of all in Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7, the verse that Paul quotes in this particular passage. But then we see it here preceded by four crucial, essential questions that all of us need to weigh and we need to consider. It's right there in the text. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? That's question number one. How are they to believe in him on whom they have never heard? It's question number two. How are they to hear without someone preaching? It's question number three. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? That's question number four. So what we have in these verses is a very clear picture of how the gospel spreads to all the peoples of the world in reverse order. Jesus sends people who go, and they go and they proclaim the gospel. People hear the gospel proclaimed. People believe that gospel when they hear it and they call on the name of the Lord and then they are saved. It's a very simple plan, but it's God's plan. And it is God's plan for getting the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. Even as I was preparing this uh, short devotion uh, yesterday, I again uh, went to my computer and just did a little research just to be reminded. 17,000 people groups in the world today. 7.4 billion people within those 17,000 people groups in the world today. 7,085 unreached, which means there's still 7,085 people groups in the world today, right now, that have either limited access to the gospel or no access to the gospel. You put all that together, 3.14 billion people still have limited or no access to the gospel. The odds are overwhelming that that 3.14 billion people have never even one time heard a clear presentation of the gospel. And yet God in his amazing goodness and grace is bringing the nations right here to our doorstep and into our backyard. And so the opportunity to be a foreign missionary, an international missionary is available to each and every one of us here in this room today. And so just to summarize what Paul says, we go because we have a sovereign king who is sending us. We preach, we proclaim, we share. They hear and they believe. But brothers and sisters, it all begins by our going. So let me close my time by again citing the words of the president of our International Mission Board, David Platt. Going starts where we live, but it doesn't stop there. If there are a billion people who have never heard the gospel and billions of others who still have not received the gospel, then we have an obligation to go to them. 
This is not an option. This is a command. It's not a calling. Now listen to what he says. What is the matter of our calling is where we will go and how long we will stay. And I think he's exactly right on that. So let me say that again. What is a matter of our calling is where we will go and how long we will stay. Now listen, there's such wisdom here. We will not all go to the same places. And we will not all stay the same length of time. But it is clearly the will of God for us to take the gospel to the nations. And so this morning as we prepare to go, I want to make you aware of a wonderful opportunity for you. After I pray and we're dismissed in our missions building, there is going to be a ministry fair, a missions fair. There'll be more than 20 different organizations over there that are ready to talk to you about how you right now, this very moment, to get active and get involved in going where you are right now as a student at Southeastern. Don't allow the evil one to deceive you into thinking, well, that's something I will do later. If you won't do it now, you won't do it later. Right now, today, you need to begin to instill in your own life patterns of faithfulness and patterns of evangelism and patterns of sharing that by God's grace will be a part of who you are till the day you're in the presence of Jesus. Now, they'll also feed you while you go over there. So uh, that's an added incentive, uh, especially for uh, some of you single guys in particular who don't have an idea about how to cook or feed yourself. Uh, we're going to take care of that at least today. The fact of the matter is God has a purpose and a plan and a mission and a ministry for every single one of us. Now is the time to be about the master's business. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this sweet time of worship and praying that we have had today. I thank you for the admonition and the clear a mandate that we find again in your word. Lord, you have done your part by sending your son to die for our sins and raising him from the dead. And now, Lord, you give us the wonderful privilege of being a part of what you're doing. So, Lord, may we be on mission right now. May we be going right now. May we be looking for opportunities to share right now. And, Lord, may that indeed be a part of our spiritual DNA, as long as you give us breath, for your glory and for the good of the nations, we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.